1: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
0: Hey, everyone, Andrew here, and uh, me and Owen recorded this episode on Saturday, so that was Prior to the Stuttgart and Barcelona finals, and uh, we were discussing a few things um, ahead of Madrid and Roland Garros um, at more towards the end of this episode. And these things, some of them already happened, some of them we called, some of them are wrong, but I decided to just keep them in because I think it's good content in general. And we got some pretty good guesses at the end of it. So, uh, yeah, I'll just leave it there for um, your entertainment. And if you want to skip them at the end of the episode, that's fine. But, yeah that's just a piece of information to you there that this episode has been recorded about a week ago. So, uh, yeah, have a good one and see you next time. Bye. Hey friends, welcome to the tennis and bagels podcast. I was listening last week and Owen doesn't get too much practice doing those eh? but, um, he did well, he did well, uh, give him, <laughs> give him props for for that, for owning, uh, the hosting of the tennis and bagels podcast. And, uh, I'm here with him. <laughs> it's just me and Owen today. Uh, Vunch is uh, working very hard in the university so let's all send our prayers to Vunch. and (laughs) uh, yeah how are you doing Owen?
1: I'm doing well I mean thanks to your editing in the last episode you didn't hear that I had to do two takes on the intro because (laughs) like you said I'm not accustomed to that role but it was fun Uh, Jack was a good guest and Mm. today we are here talking about you Andre because yes you were on site at where were you?
0: I was at the Billie King Cup in Vancouver for the Canada Latvia tie last weekend.
1: That's right. Um, so you work for Tennis Canada, and yeah. you know I, I kind of know what you do. Um, but could you describe for anyone listening, like what was your role there? Um, what were your days like?
0: Sure. Um, so I'm I'm working in social media at Tennis Canada. So it's my official role is content coordinator. So technically, I create content for the social media so every time that you see well not every time 90 percent of the time that you see a tweet coming out of tennis canada's uh channels that's me so i'm writing those tweets so yeah i make a few mistakes sometimes but normally i try to be as 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 accurate as possible and when i was on site i was trying to like push content out and i there's there was obviously some content that i'm not creating but it's coming through my pipeline and i'm posting them And I was also, like, running around and going on on court and just taking pictures of the the girls and the team. And it was really cool because I got to um, have um, casual and professional chat with, like, Leila Fernandez and Rebecca Marino and things like that. So that was really fun.
1: Talk more about that. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So if you you see the last video that I posted on Instagram about, like, the rapid-fire questions, Leila answers a question about which 80s bands that she likes i asked that question so she answered that so that's that was really cool so
1: that's awesome you gotta yeah. put it on twitter because i even i haven't seen that yet that's true um, i'll
0: I'll definitely do it
1: <laughs> um were you starstruck at first because i remember the first and only time really i got to talk to players it was very nerve-wracking at first
0: so it's not my first time talking to players like as but, in,
1: but is it Layla fernandez your first time talking
0: it, it was my first time but like i was accustomed just to the the very sense of like you get the gist like when you ask for autographs right so like mm-hmm. you, you understand that they're all there for a business that they have so many people to talk to and if they were to stop to talk to anyone like there would just be no time for themselves or to practice and honestly like if you have just consider this right they have hundreds of thousands if not millions of followers on instagram and twitter can they cannot have this many friends it's impossible <laughs> so they they just don't they just have fans and that's it so you just try to be very professional and I guess like when you when you talk to them like I was just like well I know that there's not going to be an opportunity for me to just be like become a friend with like Leila Fernandez and or, or whatever because they they're just there for like doing their business so that's that's cool but once you get past that like you can just kind of have like small talk and not too many you don't you don't get like the pressure of like oh this is Leila Fernandez also by the way she's very short um I'm not a very tall person. So like, I think she's the same height as um, Ash Barty. So she's five foot six. Um, yeah. So she's a very short person. And unlike, I guess, the men, they look monstrous. Like when you look at them and look in real life because they're all so freaking gigantic and tall mm-hmm. and their quads are immense, immense and their shoulders are super large. The girls, they just seem to be normal people. Like as in they, they look really fit, but you see really fit people all the time you know what I mean but mm-hmm. and it just like when you when you see the person's life and Lila Fernandez is amazing what a what a precious human being like we should never lose her to anyone because she is she laughs at everything that you say and she's just she responds like she demonstrates actual interest she hasn't lost like any of her humility like isn't she's extremely humble she looks like any friend that you would have like in 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 life really she's fantastic so yeah I wasn't really starstruck because of one I know how to show myself around like top stars and people like that but Mm -hmm. two because it just makes you feel really comfortable
1: that's amazing yeah um and then I guess the other side of things what was it like to watch her play and other players
0: they're scary like it's not the first time also that I see players like both sides they they're very particular about like and that's, like, one of the things that like, is really cool about, like, tennis, right? And our top athletes, um, they're normal human beings, of course, but, like, you see that they're different because of the way that they do things. So, Fernandez and even Marino, who's dropped down to, like, number 112, I think, but she has been as high as number 38, which is pretty respectable. Um, they, um, or Gabby Davrosky, who was there as well. Uh, so, they are... They, focus so hard like when they're practicing and they they're like you can see that they have something that they know something that you don't type of thing like that they know something about how to do things that you don't like and and she was she was phenomenal playing she her timing is even more impressive like in person and um she just kind of can't Big spots that she's gonna hit balls to and just hits them and it's like and you see the players like who she's playing against like yeah uh, you see I, I unfortunately Team Lavia didn't have Ostapenko on them on their side but they uh, so they had like people players who were outside the top two hundred on this time around uh, but they are they are not bad players. Just put it out there they they do everything that you that when I practice tennis like as in my childhood, like they do everything perfectly, they do defense as as well as you could, like it's textbook perfect like and they hit the sweet spot and they try to do things happen to make things happen It's just that when you face alila Fernandez she 's just unpredictable like in how she's gonna hit the ball or she just hits a little bit closer to the lines or she knows the next shot that she's gonna play a little bit better. And this could this could come from experience or from talent, you name it. Um but yeah it's it's just when you see that she's beating those girls like that easily it was like six one six two or something like that, like on both rounds that she's played. Um you know it's it's just that's when you realize that the difference is is just really on the details like on those on those top top athletes because God knows I wouldn't be able to like hit two balls against like any of these girls like two top two hundred or three hundred it doesn't matter like they're they're just gonna smoke me like it's gonna eat me alive (laughs) even their serves uh, like those five foot four women they're just gonna serve past me like any day (laughs) there's no Mm -hmm. way and yeah that's it's just the way it is right so um I actually I have a funny story that I might tell at the end but like um I. We got to to hang with uh, team Latvia at the end, and I was talking to like a, a few of the girls and one of them who's called Daniela Fismane. she's known as the Little Beast in Latvia, and she's really good
1: <laughs> that's awesome yeah. yeah, so stay tuned so you can hear the story yeah. End. um yeah, I guess so um so Canada won the tie um yeah zero. um How is the mood with the team and the other media people working there
0: um what do you mean what do you mean the team is it like the because like there's the basically two teams right so there's team canada and there's tennis canada so tennis canada is everybody who's organizer mm-hmm. and team canada is like physio and players and captain so
1: right right well yeah. i mean how was um like did the players seem happy and like relaxed and then i guess for you and the people who were working around you um how was that mm-hmm. was it busy or did you have time to, kind well, of to enjoy it
0: it's it's really sad, but like not not one person expected in Latvia to win this tie, <laughs> and, right. and uh, even even the the own Latvia Latvia media they decided to stay on Zoom instead of sending people here because uh, okay yeah because of that reason because Stepenko had to bounce and I think it was was it Sevastova Some, someone someone else was really good from Latvia I think she's taking a break from tennis. And she also didn't come, so um, everybody was in a good mood. Um, They were very optimistic about the chances, which is within reason, right? I mean, we had Leila Fernandez, right? So like, it's and Rebecca Marino is doing pretty well as well, like lately. So it's it's fun. Um, So yeah, they they were pretty hyped uh, hyped about like qualifying too. You know, like nobody takes anything for granted, which is which is really crazy to to see like when you start um i think gabby Davrosky said in uh one interview that we made with her like as soon as you start looking at yourself as the favorite or like you you start um taking things for for granted that you're just gonna win that's when that's when you can lose because mm-hmm. you start like giving too much room for your opponent to like because they're gonna they're gonna come out trying to win too you know what i mean it's not just because they're ranked 390 in the world that they're they're gonna try not to and It's really interesting when you look at the teams because they there's a massive difference between tour life and the team competitions, Billie Jean King Cup and Davis Cup, which is that the entire team is surrounded by professionals who are helping them twenty four seven. So if you have, they have like a they have coaches, like professional coaches were hired by Tennis Canada, for example, and they have professional physio trainers they have masseuse massive therapists or whatever um and they have you know anything that they want they can they can reach out and have and they're there for them and that and add to that just the team spirit that people are there like trying to like lift them up and having the captain on the chair which helps them like figure out tactics during the entire match like it raises the level of the competition so like that's yeah. why you see like some players kind of playing above their ranking um,
1: yeah you see that a lot yeah. with team stuff i'm sorry just to clarify yeah, there yeah. were there were like coaches there who like weren't the players normal coaches who were yeah just like i think at their disposal
0: yeah i'm not sure if the coaches come to those competitions in general so it's just the coaches from the the federations that come hmm. but they're normally like really familiar with the players already so Got it's it. not something that they don't someone that, who they don't know in, in general so
1: That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like when you were watching them, what angle were your seats at? Um,
0: My my seat was really bad. Like, as in, I was watching both the live stream and, uh, and I was on court. So I was actually watching it live. So, because I wanted, I was making gifts at the same time. So I need to keep an eye on the the live stream, but like my seats were, that's also partially because of the venue that we picked. It wasn't the absolute best, but the fault is, Obviously, the fact that the Billie Jean King Cup is not making that much money anymore, um, but it's just like I was by the side of the court. I was like court side. I wasn't on the like on the back or front,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I was I was catching the action, kind of like the Barcelona side side no, camera that you checked Andre, yeah. No. Yeah.
1: and yeah, I mean, and it's impossible to have a yeah. good perspective from that side of the court because you can't really even tell where the ball is landing relative to the lines
0: yeah it's it's hard to pick the angles it's a it's a much different experience than on a camera because you, obviously your spatial perception is different yeah but so that's why you have seats everywhere on court not just right. on the bracket front but it really is not as easy to pick up like on how how far an opponent was like when a ball came like down the line or like how much of an angle did they pick like when they when they pulled up an a passing shot or something like that yeah. so
1: it's hard to tell the shape yeah. of a ball as well like if it if it's parallel to the line or hit from like the sideline more towards the center of the court, like those are kind of indistinguishable when you're watching from the side.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The only thing they would get much better is just like how big the court is and just kind right. of how, how much spin the ball is taking. Probably so this, the height of
1: the yeah. ball is all well, right.
0: Yeah. The height of the ball is really distinguishable as well.
1: So mm-hmm. um, could you talk a bit more about Billy Jean King cup, not making that much money? Cause I feel like that's something people maybe aren't that aware of.
0: It's just like, it's just the whole problem with the Davis cup and the Billie Jean King cup where like a lot of top athletes have decided just not to play. And the problem being that it's a scheduling or it's too many tournaments. And it just kind of slip through the cracks in terms of like achievements. It's not necessarily something that everybody wants to, it kind of falls into like, for example, at this point I would say like players are more interested in a gold medal rather than even a Davis Cup title so like for example take Andy Murray or Roger Federer I guess Rafa Nadal is a different beast because he somehow loves the Davis Cup but normally those players even Novak Djokovic they will try and go for it once so like it's like oh what else am I missing in my resume or it's like what is something that is big that I don't have yet or is where is something big that I can win. So for example, if you're looking at a lot of like lower ranked players and they're like, well, there's a Davis cup, like there's a massive chance that we can win this and it would be really nice to have <laughs> in your resume. Right. Well, so it's like, but you do it once and it just kind of doesn't really matter. Like it, a lot of players are mostly focused on the grand slams at this point and the masters thousands. And um, yeah, they just kind of want to win their own things, you know? It's, so it's, it's just been hard to, to manage this. And It's not even something that is like something that is. uh, How can I say this? I can say this confidently, like on, like on tape, if you want to use this term. But like because it's it's a well, it's a thing that people talk about already. So we recorded something on, at Tennis Canada on International Women's Day, and they were saying about like how the Davis Cup and the Billie Jean King Cup are losing a little bit of its um, of its value because of it's not rare enough you know like you have the grand slams and that's like literally the biggest thing that could possibly have in in our sport yeah but then the Belgian king cup and the davis cup are happening every year and in the middle of this off season pretty much so
1: and also like throughout the year as well yeah um like so many different installments Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and they keep changing format all the time like yeah the finals of the Davis cup is not going to be the same anymore as last year. It's going to be played in like two different months or whatever. And all of this is an attempt to try to get players to come, but, and it's like the best of three. And there's the fact that for example, the the doubles rubber, it could, it's always the fifth rubber in the, in the, in the Billie Jean King cup. So he more often than not, it's going to be a dead rubber. Mm. So it's, it's really lame. (laughs) And it's like, and, normally fans on stadium just they just kind of really like to to see the doubles go on because it normally is more competitive than say for example Leila Fernandez versus number 390 in the world. Mm -hmm. And it's fast, and you don't even need to understand too much of the tactics up there. Is it just right? It's, it's just there. a
1: ball flying yeah. back and forth, very quickly yeah. It's while it's happy people cheering the crowd.
0: It really is fun when you watch doubles on, um, on a Davis Davis and Billie the drinking Cup. But like Gabby Dabrowski mentioned that she would rather have the doubles be the th- the the third rubber instead of the instead of the fifth because it's not do or die, but it's right. it could be. It's you know, really I mean, important. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean. Either and it gives someone importance goes up to
1: it. One, yeah. or you save yourself from being eliminated? Yeah,
0: yeah. And it could it it could be a a good save from players from nations who have less high ranked players in singles. So like you have like a good, for example, India who has always extremely good players in doubles. Right. And you put them like in a doubles team versus like whatever the United States, and they're losing on the two on two zero, but then they can bring back in like a two one and at least make it competitive for like another rubber
1: yeah i I don't know maybe
0: even make it to a fifth so
1: yeah yeah. i remember at a recent davis cup djokovic was like carrying everyone on his back yeah um and like he kept winning but eventually like too many of his teammates lost um so what do you think would be the solution to this i mean everyone says the team competitions should be concentrated into one event but do you agree with that Mm. like should it not be every year should it be every two years
0: yeah I would say like you make it at least every two years, like would, would definitely like attract players to playing it more often because it just you don't have as many opportunities even in your career to choose like when you're gonna go for it. Right. So that's why players normally go to the Olympics, regardless. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. give it doesn't give anything. Like I think the Olympics don't even give money for, for winners.
1: Right. Well, I mean it's a decent number of points. Um yeah. but I don't yeah, I
0: don't know if they give points anymore.
1: Really? Yeah, I think they it's,
0: stopped giving points in 2016.
1: Seriously, because it yeah. used to be like 1250. Um, yeah. yeah, which yeah. is quite a bit. Here, I'm gonna Google. Yeah. That. Um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely tough. And also, um, I mean, and you touched on this, but like, there is really just not room in the calendar. It's yeah. not like like playing Davis Cup will really compromise you in mm-hmm. other parts of the calendar. I think. Um, I think Billy Jean King Cuff, at least this section of it, is kind of better positioned because we're still so early in the clay season that like you're not going to screw stuff up for Roland Garros but in general
0: yeah and it's just it's it's not even that players don't enjoy the Davis Cup they all love it like it's Mm. like what is not to love about it like you're just there with your buddies like you speak your own language like you have a physio like a mass mass therapist and like players like who are low ranked they can get to learn about like the life of like the higher ranked players and like get tips and they all get coaching and they get and they win and normal all of them would get a decent paycheck at the end of it, so uh-huh. it's just like the the participation prize money is is pretty high. So, um, so it's it's pretty solid. Like honestly, like to to be in the Davis Cup and you play in front of your, of a crowd that is like normally very partisan, and there is like even a crowd rule that like if you make too much noise, like during, for example, in Canada, right? If the Canadian crowd was to make too much noise during an opponent's serve. It could count as a point penalty for Team Canada. It would oh, be wow. a warning. So it, it really is like a crowd crowd event. It really mm-hmm. changes the atmosphere a lot. So it's really it's really a lot of fun to be in a Belgian King Cup or Davis Cup tie. It's just that like it's it's the body of a player is only limited. So they're still only human at the end of the day. So it's they're gonna have to make decisions about their schedule. And if you can. Like Leila Fernandez, which is very good that she, she came to the, the Billie Jean King Cup this year. But like if you take um uh whatever Milo's um Mills who's been injured, or then the Shapovalov, who didn't go to Davis Cup last year. It's just they're gonna make the choice that is gonna help them most, which is the Grand Slams. They're gonna try to like fulfill the goals, which is playing in the Grand Slams better. Yeah. So
1: yeah. Yeah. Um and um, you were right about the Olympic ranking points, by the way. And um, yes. I think a big thing the Olympics has going for it is um, just the history and the prestige of the event. Mm-hmm. I think Davis cup has that to an extent as well. It's been around since 1900. Um, the Billie Jean King cup wasn't launched until 1963. Um, yeah. And so I think since it's more recent, it's maybe a bit less prestigious history wise. I was wondering, um, do you think there's any way they can compensate for that really? Um, at least you yeah. think better marketing will help or like better positioning in the calendar or a format change.
0: I have my own views in terms of like how the ITF does things and okay. I don't like them, but uh, in terms of Billie Jean King cup, which is used to be fed cup um, and even fe- previous to that is federation cup. I think the marketing in terms of like just the naming and the history behind it is so strong that like it's, it's leveraging itself because the Jean, the Fed Cup at the time, like it, it became a thing because it didn't have a competition for women, and they rallied for that. And it's all because of Billie Jean King Cup, Villaging right. uh, King, so that all those things exist because of her. Uh and and the original nine, let's put it that way, too. But like um, so the fact that women have that and it's a women's sporting event, and it's part of the history of women's tennis, which is very, very big yeah i feel like it, it has prestige on the fact that it's so socially important that not necessarily just so much as a sporting event as like the olympics it doesn't have a history that holds itself up as a sporting event but it has a history of itself as a women's sporting event so like the fact that like it brings like equality to the genders and um it's one step closer to like achieving that goal like i feel like it's it's really important for women to to play there and they really feel um that they can be part of history if they win this so like and history for women in general not just sports history so like it's yeah it's a really cool um piece of you know i guess fun fact or just just a little piece of uh, leveraging information about like the villaging kick-up that can throw it out there for for women and normally they like to come and play so
1: Got it. Um, mm-hmm. And do you think there's anything that we haven't touched on stopping it from becoming any bigger than it already is?
0: Uh, I don't know. I feel like the constant format changing, it's definitely one of the worst things. And it it's a lot of it is about scheduling. Honestly, I would definitely say that its it's got to be a lot about scheduling. They have big sponsors. I think BNP Party Buys sponsoring Billie Jean King Cup anytime we have a financial institution <laughs> doing a sponsoring your event it it gets pretty big unless it's Rolex because Rolex somehow has too much money <laughs> uh, but yeah it's it really is about like just organ- internal organization I think and just trying to make a decision that is going to place the Billie Jean King Cup or the Davis Cup back into the calendar and just be like this is an important event
1: mm-hmm.
0: and how do I make how do we, how do they make this right? I don't know. Right. Maybe having yeah. a maybe having more importance in the in the country rankings, it could be something, and have it depend completely on performance and not on the singles rankings points, because that's kind of cheating.
1: Yeah, um, I think something. I mean, I think the ATP Cup is a dumb event uh, that never should have been established in the first place. But I think something it has going for it is like it's all at once it's just like one week or two weeks and then it's yeah. done and so i feel like if billy jean king cup or davis cup did that it would be bigger because then you start associating a certain time of year with it in your mind and like i think people maybe already do that with the finals but this would strengthen that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah i agree and i think one of the things that the atp cup has going for them is, is just the placement in the in this in the calendar is so much better. It's like, it's, it's a prep event for the, for the Australian Open.
1: Now that I'm thinking about it, why, why did they get that time slot instead of an existing team tournament moving to that? I
0: have, I have no idea. I think the ATP has plans to overthrow the Davis Cup. The plan of them is to make the Davis Cup cease to exist. I, I'm pretty sure that this is what they want. Like, for example, just take, take for example that Canada has won this year, right? Yeah. And a lot of the, uh, the, the headlines were, especially I think on the ATP World Tour, also, that the Canada lifts his first. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated. Wow. Did we just write an ad? Yes.
1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombuscom slash acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. It's ATP cup uh,
0: trophy in history. The history of the ATP cup is three years old, right? There's not history. There's no history. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it's, it's obviously like something that i find for me that atp kind of secretly wants the davis cup to not exist anymore and the atp cup to be more prestigious than than that and it already is like in terms of names and yeah, people I mean, who participate after, in it yeah.
1: It makes sense that yeah. i mean yeah i mean novak likes it um yeah. <laughs> but yeah i mean i like it is named after them so yeah i guess um in terms of other stuff of being on site um were there any especially great moments or like stuff you'll remember or stuff where you were like didn't expect this to happen
0: everything that happens like with the team is, is phenomenal like seriously like it's just walking with them and you have the right to like go on court like after matches over like i was there like on court i was like filming like on my phone like trying to get content from and they were just like running around with the canadian flag and because you're you're accredited and you're there for work the players are not really concerned about you which is great uh, like if you're if you're a fan streaking it's just like oh crap like what the heck's going on but like if you're just like a worker and you're there like and you're just like walking around the players are around you everywhere you just, just like feel like part of the conversation which is like really fun um so just it, it's like it's the closest I'll ever get from from uh, being like on court playing tennis professionally <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: yeah. don't speak too soon yeah. um no but uh that's amazing um yeah. it's it's very cool that you guys do that
0: for sure yeah so yeah i guess like it's definitely I, i'll have to say though like definitely being close to the top players is, is a top experience to be in that in that environment mm-hmm. and that they're not running away from you because you're just asking for autographs
1: right, yeah so everyone listening um go on site to a tournament if you can (laughs) um yeah so i I guess to move on to other recent wta stuff um the stuttgart open is open is going on um igas now at a 22 match winning streak which is and how many sets (laughs) um that that got broken today but she (laughs) won 28 sets in a row
0: she won 28 sets in a row (laughs) which is insane and that's all because of um, Scott jinxed her because she was he was like, never mind a match like who's gonna take a set off of like Ega right. yeah. and
1: well well it finally happened I mean she had to yeah. grind today against Samsonova um, yeah like really really tough match long mm-hmm. physically grueling they played almost two hundred and fifty points yeah. um and people were saying that Shvantek was struggling physically which makes sense given that she's played a ton of tennis um, yeah. And so I was thinking, do you think she should try to pull out of an upcoming event? Because I think not to put pressure on her, like she's had a phenomenal year. She's number one. She's piling on the points. But I do feel like Roland Garros is hers to lose. And if she doesn't win it, all of this might seem a bit smaller by comparison.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if she's struggling physically, like with an injury or if it's just fatigue. Mm-hmm. if she's feeling like a knee or like a lower back or like any sort of injury that could be like made worse by playing another tournament, I think she could skip Madrid and just take two weeks off. Mm-hmm. And cause I think Madrid is not until two weeks from now. So.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a decent amount of time.
0: Yeah. So if she skips Madrid because she's feeling something actually like could be an injury, I would say definitely skip it because then Rome is a better prep for Roland Garros and yeah. And she's defending points in Rome too. So
1: yeah. Remember yeah. that destruction of Pliskova last year. That was
0: bizarre. <laughs> that
1: was I wonder
0: what's going to happen with Sabalenka tomorrow.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it could be really interesting because mm. Sabalenka hasn't had a good year, but I mean, she's playing really well now. She, um, yeah. Beating Bedosa in straight sets is yeah. not easy um I mean she beat Condivate, breadstick in the third set um and before that she beat andescu uh, apologies to tennis canada um yeah. like that's that 's a murderer 's row right there that she's she 's taken out um and yeah, I think if Sviantic is a bit fatigued and or injured, um mm. that could be really tough,
0: yeah, and they have history right those two like they played last year in uh... In the Guadalajara finals. I think, I think Sabalanka won that match.
1: I'm not sure. Got it. Um, yeah. yeah. I need to, I need to out. Google there head to head. But yeah, Sabalanka always does really well in I think, um, did she win it last year? Like, did she beat Barty there? Who? Uh, Sabalanka. Where? Uh, this tournament. Oh, yeah. Stuttgart. Yeah, she did. She beat, she beat Barty last year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah here we go. Um, bageled Barty in the first set. And then, um, Oh no! Wait, that—that's Madrid. Uh, Stuttgart She she lost to Barney in the final. Yeah, won the Gosh, first set, uh, Um, yeah. but yeah, I um like she does well there. Um, the she kind of has you know something that is currently making Alcaraz really good, which is like she has insane power from the baseline, but then she can also throw in a drop shot at any time, yeah. and you have to cover both. Um, which doesn't really set you up that well to cover either one. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm interested. I, I do think Sviatik is the favorite just by virtue of you know being world number one, being on a massive winning streak. But it I don't think it'll be a huge surprise if she loses.
0: Yeah, same here. Their head to head is actually pretty solid. It's like one all. But the last match was like in Guadalajara, Is like in the beginning of um in the WTA finals. In the beginning of um Sabalenka's horrible second serve problems. That's right so yeah so
1: yeah i mean it's it's incredible to me that she's able to win a lot of matches despite that i mean she's won matches in which she hit 20 double faults yeah. she hit seven against podosa which is not a small number for two sets um and one anyway
0: yeah, yeah i mean seven speaking of sabalinka seven is actually pretty good <laughs> i mean yeah but, yeah but like
1: in, in general not ideal
0: yeah no for sure it's like there's definitely a lot of room for improvement there um, I don't know how many how many aces did she hit? Because she normally hits a lot too. This says
1: nine. This is, okay.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I don't know how it's gonna happen. Like I feel like it could be. It could go either way. But I think mm-hmm. with both like are fit and, and healthy, I think Triantek has the best the best possibility of winning.
1: Yeah, I think she's got a solid edge on the defensive side of things. And yeah she maybe doesn't have as much raw power as Sabalenka, yeah. but her forehand is massive so she can definitely hold her own and hit plenty of winners um yeah you know r- earlier in the week um Svjantzak played a fun match against Amarao Kano who um has barely played any matches on clay and so expectations were i think appropriately low for her yeah. going into that match but she played pretty well um lost 4 and 4 pushed the match to an hour and 45 minutes um mm-hmm. I-, I still don't think she's Anywhere near Sviantek's league on clay, I think in general, even though they have one major each, Sviantek is the significantly better player. Um, but I do think it was encouraging that she was able to make the match this close.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think one advantage that Sviantek in the sen- in that sense is that she has she's had a full year after winning her first major mm-hmm. to come up with the goods, and last year wasn't wasn't amazing like in terms of like everything
1: else but it, it was well, she, I mean, pretty she got freaking enough points good. to get her into you know like the, top the finals five.
0: yeah she she did she did pretty well it's just like it's not as good in terms of like how people can hype her up and after winning a grand slam you're like oh she's gonna win holanguas again she's gonna right. do this and
1: Well, I I mean, that was the only thing. Like, the only thing she didn't do last year was make, like, a major semi. Um, And because of that, people thought she had a bad year when in in reality she was consistent as hell. Um, And now that she's, like, really ramping up and, like, winning all the big stuff again, like, oh, my God, she's so great. But, yeah, like, people were... Not as complimentary of her last year as they should have been. Um, yeah, it and, is and, true. And I do think that's a good point. But at the same time, Raducanu has not been nearly as successful that's as Sharanjak yeah. was um, that's true. even last year.
0: Yeah. I think Raducanu is like, in her match, I just watched the highlights. It's eight minutes, so it's respectable. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it's better than three. But what I've seen, and she was constantly hitting softer shots. So I think that Radhika is 100% low on confidence. She just can't flatten out her forehand. She was mostly just trying to hit like attacking shots cross court. Um, And when she does hit some shots, it's just trying to like really displacement instead of power. So from what I remember in the U S open, she was really like ripping through the ball and yeah, it was definitely a different situation. But right. yeah.
1: I mean it, it's interesting because so I, I haven't watched a ton of her since the US Open. Um but I feel like in terms of her game, like nothing is wrong. Like if yeah. you watch that US Open, like everything was perfect. Like she was hitting her spots on serve, like all the spots, um, with incredible incredible precision. Um she's ripping returns, ground strokes, mm-hmm. defending well, sliding. Um, everything was firing. And so I feel like it's a, almost a matter of just like growing into her game and like getting experience because she has only played a handful of matches on clay. She's mm-hmm. only played a handful of matches on grass. She's yeah. barely even played that much on hardcore. Um, yeah. Like she still has so little experience. And I feel like that was also something Svantec had not, not so much anymore, but like when she won her first major, she's just so little experience. Um and, you know, you need to get used to the grind of, like, playing all these matches and, like, getting injured and then, like, coming back from injury, learning how to move and how to play, like, a close match and how to close out a match and all of that. And, like, these are all lessons that are in the future Um, that, like, everyone basically except Raducanu experiences before you win a major. Um, yeah. It's kind of funny. It's like she's she's a veteran in the body of a newbie. Um which is so strange and like such a unique position for a career to be in. Like you've achieved something historic, except like you're still basically just starting out. Um, And yeah, um, like, I guess, what do you think would be a solid benchmark for her this year? Like what does she need to achieve for the year to be considered a success?
0: For this year to be a success? It's so hard. I think just, Honestly, not getting injured is already going to be really good. Yeah. (laughs) Because, yeah, I feel like if she can finish the year on like a 60% winning rate, it's going to be really good.
1: 60%.
0: Yeah. Because she's already like something close to 50% or lower. So she can turn that around. I think it's going to be good. Mm -hmm. If she can make a fourth round again of a Grand Slam or like maybe make a final of like a a tournament, like a Uh 250 or 500, I think it could be it would be like good for her to at least like get the winning, like a few wins, like back to back, but yeah. I'm not sure she can even win a title this year. Honestly, like unless she's back to like being a lot more confident. Yeah. But then again, she didn't play that many tournaments. Like when she was due to play a few tournaments, like two fifties, like in, in the hardcore season, she got injured so she can play. Right. So yeah, yeah. It's,
1: it's a struggle because if you lose in the first round, not only are you not getting points, you're not getting matches. Um yeah. and I thought I thought that was gonna be a thing with Djokovic when he lost um to Davidovich Fokina, and then it looks like he was gonna lose to Jera as well. Um, but he's doing better now. We'll talk about him in a bit. Um yeah. but yeah, I think the key really is just like getting matches because when you don't, like you cannot simulate the competitive rigor of a professional match in practice. Yeah. Like you can get as fit as you want in practice. And hit your shots as well as you want and then you can step on court against another pro and it can look like you're a junior uh, for a few yeah. minutes like I think probably team must have done all the prep in the world right and then yeah. he comes on court and it's like his forehand isn't doing anything Um, and do you think like well should have fixed that in practice but it's not nearly that simple Um yeah. so yeah I, I agree with you that if Radu Kanu can string a few wins together that'll set her up really well
0: yeah it's like also she's younger than is she younger than Sviantek when she won Roland or she was the same age about? Just about yeah, age? she
1: was she was eighteen. Sviantek was nineteen. I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's about the same age group. Like I feel like I don't know. I think Sviantek is even more of a beast than like Raducanu was. Like just because Raducanu did it as a qualifier, but I guess Sviantek didn't do this it, because she was already doing better <laughs> at that age. So like. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's 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 a very a question, a questionable thing to do. Like I feel like if she, if Raducano manages to keep herself inside of the top twenty by the end of the year, is going to be a major success for her because she has so many points to defend in the U.S. Open. Right. So like, I think if she if she manages to not drop out of the top thirty by the end of the year, I think that's yeah. going to be like a season her her minimum goal. Like I think this is. The least that she needs to do this year I, stay in the top 30.
1: I think that's actually going to be the like the interesting time period is like after the US Open yeah. because look, I mean, maybe she peaks again and defends the title, but I think 99 to one, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So she's going to drop a big chunk of points. And then, I mean, and she was close to breaking into the top 10, basically just on the back of that one tournament. So I think the test is like, how is she going to do when she's not seated? Um, yeah. and because from there it's even more of a grind um but yeah i mean i think with the game that she has like it's it's still a matter of time until she figures it out like i she is gonna do more amazing things and she's still so insanely young so like i do think it's interesting to project how she'll do just because like we know how high that peak is um i think rushing her is just wishful thinking at this point yeah
0: i feel like next year is going to be a much better year for her Overall, like,
1: yeah, and that also gives the pressure a chance to like fade a little bit because I was thinking about it a while ago. Like, not only is there going to be so much pressure at the US Open, but like also at Wimbledon because I mean, there was enough last year, um, you know, like contributed to her breathing problems, I think, a little bit. Like, it's just such a stressful atmosphere. And now going back, major champion, um, made it to the fourth round last year. That's going to be maybe even tougher, yeah, um. But, yeah, next year, I think people will have had a chance to, like, breathe a little bit and, like, remember that she, like, everyone else is human. So
0: Yeah, I think she, Wimbledon could be even tougher also because she's not winning as much. So right. it, just, it could be, like, she could feel even more pressure to try and win more. Yeah. there. and the,
1: the British media and tabloids are oh, notoriously yeah. awful and not just to British players. Um, it
0: could be really bad on media if she loses uh, or she... Like,
1: yeah. e- even if she doesn't, people will find a way to say horrible stuff. Um, but anyway, I'm I, like, I think good things are out of her um, yeah, yeah. to go back to Fiontech for a bit. And I think we had talked about this a bit on an earlier podcast where I did with Vonch, but um, ahead of Roland Garros, who do you think has the best chance to take her out? Because I think, and it felt like this last year as well, especially when the draw fell apart. But I mean, she's the overwhelming favorite to, yeah. to win that. Yeah, I mean, I,
0: I think it depends a lot on, like, who plays well. I think Badoza has a really good shot. Like, I, she's also number two in the world, so it feels a little stupid to say this, but, like, she's she's from Spain. No, Spanish people are notoriously good on clay. So I think Badoza can have a really good shot at, like, peaking. Of course, like, if they meet in Roland Garros and their rankings remain, she's they're going to be in the final. So um, it it's it's... Probably a different situation. Well, she, on like, she's actually yeah. number
1: three. Uh Kritikova is, uh, is number two. She's only like okay. 90 points ahead of Fedosa
0: Okay. I think she's gonna isn't she gonna overtake her as number two like in the next next week? Yes. I think yes. she's gonna do yeah, it. Yeah, probably. Okay. Krichikova could be an option if she's healthy. She's been injured for a while.
1: Defending champion though.
0: Yeah. Um, I think Sakri has a has a lower is like on the lower uh tier of people who can take shantek out i think she she can grind. last year to be fair yeah so she could grind shantek out and if she's speaking like honestly like for me personally sakura's biggest problem is her her head it's not her game yeah her fitness like that is
1: that is usually a cliche but like with her like i mean everything is fantastic like she's the serve is all worlds like the ground strokes are great she's incredibly fit she defends well It's just that sometimes she doesn't show up in big matches.
0: Yeah, Um, but and she she chokes a little at times, like when she's leading. So that's problematic.
1: Yeah, I mean these these rankings are so funny because um, number seven, sorry, number two through number seven are all within about seven hundred points of each other. That's Um, crazy. And then Sviantec is like eighteen hundred points ahead of number two.
0: (laughs) Yes, the (laughs) the new I guess Barty retired. Because she didn't want to face <laughs> she, me. To she notice, is the for honestly. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. it was,
1: yeah. Um, and she doesn't even have to defend 2,000 points at Roland Garros. So, imagine if yeah. she wins that. Then it's just okay. It could be rough. Even did,
0: where did she she lose last year? Fourth round? Fourth round?
1: Or for, or either fourth finals? round or quarters. Yeah. I, I think it was the quarters. Um, yeah. Let me check. It, it was really weird because it was...
0: Um, I think it was a straight side, too,
1: eh? Yeah, six four six four uh yeah. quarters. Um, because like before that match, it was still like, okay, Sviontek is gonna win this easily. Like there was like she was the favorite by so much. It was like there wasn't even a clear second favorite. Um, but she had also been playing doubles, and I think mm. she just kind of gassed out a little bit. Um, yeah. not that Sakuri didn't play brilliantly, but I think yeah. fatigue was a factor for sure.
0: Yeah. No, it was maybe uh Maybe we will see like not a new Grand Slam champion, it will only get us again.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, because it's so. Last year was Kriji because new one. Twenty twenty 2019 2019. was fantastic. Twenty nineteen was Barty, and that was her first major. Yeah, yeah. Who was who was twenty eighteen again?
0: Wasn't it um, Halep?
1: Yes, that's right. How did I forget that? Because after that crazy Australian Open, yeah. And yeah. then um yeah and that was her first and then yeah. 2017 was Ostapenko. Yeah.
0: 2016 that, I think that was, still was the wildest one. Yeah, it was.
1: 2016 was Muguruza, right? I don't know. Check. Yes, 2016 was Muguruza. And
0: that was her first Grand Slam too, I think.
1: Yeah. And then Yes, that was her first one. And then 2015 was Sharapova, right? I think so. Wait, no, no, uh 2015 was Serena.
0: Serena, okay. So yeah, it's been take it back to almost six years as like a new Grand Slam champion. Yeah. At Roland Garros every time. If Shriantech wins, is gonna break that. That's...
1: Yeah, six six years. Jeez. Yeah. That's wild. Um it's still crazy to think that Sheriff Ovo won Roland Garros twice. I know <laughs> it was arguably her worst service. Um but yeah i think um i'm i'm excited to see who kind of emerges as shiontex challenger i hope yeah. that um we don't get another kind of random upset like i hope i hope yeah. she at least makes the final against yeah. like someone else who's playing really well and then they can battle it out and
0: what do you think osaka's going to be like during this play season
1: Oof. well and she did, she said that she wants to commit to improving um and with her game it's hard to imagine that she won't do some good things on clay eventually um Mm. i think this year is probably too soon to expect anything big Mm. like movement on clay is not something you figure out immediately so i don't know i'll i'll say she'll be a factor at at least one big tournament um Mm. but she won't win one maybe quarters at something
0: yeah could be like i made the nerve last year on garris
1: oh geez that came out of nowhere um with launch on twitter about that i predicted him to lose in the first round um you know um Moving on to um, another very prominent player, uh, Novak Djokovic. Very he, prominent. He, he played a few <laughs> matches, finally. Um, did you see any of them?
0: I watched a little bit of his match against Jerry, and he okay. should have lost that match, honestly. Oh my God. Did you see the, the put away forehand? Um, I did. That Jerry missed. I couldn't believe my eyes. It was, it was right yeah. on top of the He ne- couldn't never, believe never his eyes either. After that.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, but I think. Over the past few days, he's yeah. been playing a lot better. Like against yeah. Ketsmanovic, he was good. Yeah. And against Hotunov, the last two sets, he beat him like he was a junior.
0: Yeah. Who, who's playing in the final against him? Rublev, um, which honestly
1: should be a pretty easy one.
0: Yeah, honestly, if Djokovic doesn't murder those second servers, I don't know what's going to happen. Oh,
1: yeah, that's a good point. That's going to get miserable. Uh, okay,
0: sure. so if, if Djokovic struggles against Rublev, it's going to put like a massive massive doubt on his chances at Roland Garros
1: (laughs) you think I I don't know I kind of feel like right now the goal is just to get matches and now that he's done that like he can take Madrid and then he'll be fine by Rome yeah
0: it's gonna be I mean it's Novak Djokovic but I feel like the time that just kind of this time span is is really short even for for him like even at 34 I think it could be it could be a struggle I don't think he wants to be struggling like like he did, of course, like again, this joke of it, but if he's pushed to like five sets and a third round and Roland Garros, I don't think he's going to like that.
1: I don't know. I much. mean, that, that happened last year though. <laughs> it was Today. fine. Right. With, yeah. I mean, Mossetti and then Verrettini. I mean, he that was a physical grind last year, um, yeah. and he was fine. He I mean, and fine, you know, maybe yeah. a year changes things, or not playing for months yeah. changes things, but
0: yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't know. I think his title defense at this point is more likely to not happen because Nadal beats him than because he mm. doesn't play well.
0: Yeah, do you think Nadal beats him this year?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, s- some of it will depend on what Nadal looks like when he comes back, but like, yeah. I can't take against that, you know, I feel like he's he's gonna be out for blood after last year um yeah because that was not supposed to happen to him and it did um and yeah
0: yeah can you imagine nadal wins again
1: oh my god that would i was thinking about that a couple of days ago and it's just weird like nadal i still can't get get it out of my head because like nadal is just by nature like a chaser right like he's always trying to chase something down and like if he wins this he will be extending his lead in major titles yeah. over the other two and that still just feels so weird um, yeah. not that he doesn't deserve it because he does but it's like things have been exactly the opposite from this for like the past um, two yeah. decades uh so
0: part of me never really wanted federer to drop out of that race because like, because it, it just feels so so sad
1: <laughs> it, yeah it's not weird yeah. that he was kind of the first one to go but it's weird yeah. that he got passed before yeah. retiring
0: um, yeah. I mean that's his fault though, because he
1: <laughs> it is. Yeah, Every sensible also,
0: tennis player would have retired at 40 years old, but it's true. Roger Federer.
1: Right. But I mean, not just that. He sort of got surpassed in terms of his legacy, like yeah. before, like before he even got injured, I would say. Yeah, um maybe. But yeah, I mean, we don't need to beat up on too much. No. He's he's had it rough. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to we need a joke with all match, I'll tell you that. It's been too long but yeah um yeah excited for what's to come
0: yeah same here uh we'll see you guys in the next podcast and uh hope you guys enjoyed the Bill king <laughs> insider perspective yeah hey, so
1: keep it coming next time you go to yeah
0: event. all right sounds good i'll be ready for the next time all i right. think next time should be in september when the davis cup comes around okay nice so yeah i'll see you guys later and see you guys see you all in later too